and welcome to the Car Podcast. My name is Ben. And my name is Zane. And this is another uh, special bootlegged segment where we t- talk about an animated movie. Uh, this is one of several holiday properties that have been reflected in animation that we've decided to do a do do a few episodes in a row on. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that that's that's what we are here to do. And we could not have fucked it up more badly. This well, I okay. So we have to, <laughs> I'm explaining first to the audience saying what what the goal the obliga- was. There was an obligation here, right? right? It wasn't <laughs> voluntary. Neither of us came up with this idea. It just it came through the the USPS. It's like yeah. guys, I'm terribly sorry. You have to watch Adam Sandler's Eight Crazy Nights. Yeah, it, it was. And I'm like, well, our, our hands are tied. That's the <laughs> system that we have. Yep, we just I get guess. random random letters. Sometimes, uh, you know, thing is carved into wood with instructions on what to watch next. It's mm-hmm. it's best not to question it. Uh, I questioned it. It's best not to. I know. That was my bad. Uh, but yeah, so we are going to be talking about Eight Crazy Nights. And uh, you can tell by Zane and my reaction that we're not fond of this movie. Uh, but I have some history with it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, do tell. So I watched it in a movie theater with my friend Dennis uh, when we were growing up together. Mm -hmm. I remember it fondly for the particular reason that I snuck Mountain Dew in a flask, which I was very excited to possess (laughs) for the first time. Yeah, every every kid should have a flask and a knife. I think for your 18th, I got you a lighter and a knife. And, and maybe a flask as well. Those are the three things. Because if you're if you're a teenager, if you're a young adolescent, you need to make your mark on the world. And those are the three things. You need fire. You need a way to, to transport liquids. And you need a way mm-hmm. to mark yourself on stuff. Mark territory, yeah. And I guess for the air element, um, an inhaler. <laughs> yeah, the, the, four, the four food groups. So, um, yeah, we're going to be talking about Eight Crazy Nights. Uh I remembered it being passably okay at the theaters at the time. I now realize that it was even worse than that. Yeah, this is... Uh, well, I, and also, it's not really a holiday movie, oh, it no, turns no, out. No, no, no. It's only, it's only circumspectly, tangentially related to Hanukkah on a very... Uh, what's the word? On a superficial basis. Yeah, yeah. It, it's in theory... Re- so, the, the, the history be- behind this is... It's an Adam Sandler movie, and Adam Sandler is a person who got famous very young and was never told no. And yeah, he was he kind of got 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 crowned to glory in what like the early nineties. He was like big and uh, he's a big comedic name. And yeah. in the early nineties, comedy meant that you were just crude and ableist yeah we'll, uh, kind we'll, of across the board we will get into that for sure yeah mid-90s he was kind of on the rise and this was at the height of his powers uh which which he did not use for Fo- good. following the immortal cock and ball skit yes and and so he was on snl and he had a, a series Boy, of sketches was he. he was at, he had a series of sketches where he uh sang what's called the hanukkah song which was basically just listing famous Jewish people, <laughs> <laughs> which is not a bad like. That, that's, that's almost a Stephen Lynch song, <laughs> uh, pretty much. And and they were like, "I am famous enough where I can take a novelty song and make a movie out of it." And uh, his popularity did not save it from being a commercial flop. It grossed 
$24 million off of a $34 million budget. And mm-hmm. it was extremely poorly well-received. It came out around the same time as Mr. Deeds, which I remember more fondly. Um, I think it was also pretty terribly received and also pretty terrible. Yeah, this was this was when, like, an Adam Sandler film stopped being a thing to, like, look forward to. And more like yeah. a thing that's still on TV somehow. I think that it was, like, it was kind of... Th- that turn of the century had a lot of weirdness in cinemas for me because I mm-hmm. found a lot of... There were a lot of movie experiences that, to my knowledge, haven't happened since in terms of how cynical the people making the movies seem to think about the audience. Like, remember that whole um, that whole cycle of spoof movies? Mm-hmm. That yeah, was, yeah, epic that was movie, un- scary movie. Fucking unbearable. Yeah, Meet the Spartans? Fuck. I mm-hmm. mean, like, this is way better than those, but yep. it... it was sort of around the same era. I, honestly, I think those might have been better, at least a couple I of the ones d- I saw. vastly disagree. <laughs> but, um, uh, in any case. But yeah, so so this uh, movie, it's, it's really weird, because on the one hand, it's very clearly an Adam Sandler-like creative voice, and he's very uh, childish, and that can be a selling point if you're of that age, or a huge detriment <laughs> if you're not. To, okay. A lot, of, a lot of bad things that we're going to say about this movie. Say what you will about Adam Sandler as a voice actor. He is uniquely positioned to well explore the range from six-year-old to 60-year-old. It's, it's, <laughs> he's his own Benjamin Button. That is what he Button. has been doing on SNL for fucking... <laughs> he, was, he was doing that for decades before this came out. So yeah, like, he's, he's somehow a serious actor now. Like, he yeah, was he, in he that, went through uh, that pipeline with Jonah Hill and, uh, and, and the others, yeah. Yeah. Um, lost my train of thought uh, it there. Is, it is also a nominally Hanukkah movie. Yep, he is Jewish. Uh, I mean, clearly. V- very vocally Jewish. But Adam it's, it's almost a Christmas movie. Like, they're just sort of... He's mostly pointing at things that he grew up with about Hanukkah, which is like... Oh yeah, you know, you get uh, you get some crappy presents over the course of eight days instead of one big one, or however mm-hmm. Christmas work. I never I never did learn. Um, you and, married into it. You should really know. And like, oh, there's this big uh, ice sculpture of both Santa Claus and a menorah in the center of town. But there's like you know five Jewish people in the town. Uh, you know, it's 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 observed. This, this he's eating yeah, at a Chinese work- food on Christmas Eve, like. It, it oh yeah yeah I I had a lot of fun <laughs> looking at all the because it does I was feel, transported yeah no it it really does accurately portray what it's like to be a Jewish person on Christmas which is like <laughs> no no one wants to no one wants to talk to me <laughs> but the the thing that makes it not that is the fact that it's it's very clear um, that his character who's a humbug he's like I don't like Hanukkah I don't like Christmas I don't like the holiday spirit he's clearly this person all the time. <laughs> His character. Scrooge, if instead of a miser, he was just an asshole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If if instead of, like, not paying his employees, he carried around a two-by-four and hit people with it. That's most... I mean, like, yeah, and it's... It's like, you got punked! You got Scrooge! (laughs) Yeah, he was just just kutchering himself around for the holidays. Mm -hmm. Uh, Was that another holiday movie? Kutcher, Kutcher for the holidays? Kutcher for the holidays. It does feel like... Adam Sandler's creative voice came through with this because it does have that, you know, observational comedy about what it's like to be a Jewish person in a mm-hmm. place that isn't primarily Jewish, which I 
really did enjoy and felt authentic, even yeah. though the packaging was horrible. <laughs> yeah. And Sandler, you know, this, this movie's uh, set in New Hampshire. He grew up there. Uh, I lived there for quite a time. Pretty New Hampshire, not going to lie. Yeah, no, it, it, it. you're basically in a not destitute but not bustling suburb of some sort. You're, you're in a Hallmark movie. Uh, where it, nobody yeah, really wants to interact set. with each other. It's and and that kind of plays into the tone both of Adam Sandler as a creative as a creative person and just as, as the work as a whole. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a comedy, you know, nominally. Like that's the intent. I assume. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the comedy comes at the expense of weirdos from Adam Sandler's twisted mind and how he like recalled his hometown like i I understand it's not a one-to-one but you have this in every like rob schneider always shows up in an adam sandler it's like we need weirdos for our angry man to bounce off of for some reason like chaotic energy is not enough we also need this other flavor of chaotic energy and that wackiness comes across a lot better in live action adam sandler like he's got charisma to sell it uh here not as much I, I thought his voice still had the charismatic quality. Mm-hmm. Um, you never quite stop. You never quite forget that you're looking at Adam Sandler, which is difficult. <laughs> and it uh, also is like, I don't know. I I, I remember trying to watch, I, I think I watched Mr. Deeds at one point, and I only got like an overwhelming sensation that it was really uncomfortable watching real life people react to Adam Sandler when they didn't want to. <laughs> This <laughs> is just kind of yeah. the overwhelming feeling that I got. Well, the so the difference there, and I think something that we're going to come back to a couple times, is who is the butt of the joke in Adam Sandler's comedy? Um, because he is very much of the, like, shock humor uh, generation. And there are two... Like, like when you're doing shock humor, I you're trying to get a I don't know if I'd call it shock humor. I would call it crass humor. Crass like, humor is good. It's not shocking. It's just, like... You're being gross for the sake of being gross, yeah. and that's a quick laugh for, like, the, you know, the... Um, it's cheap and dirty. Um, yeah, the garbage pail kid kind of crowds. And the the thing about that is, you know, there there are two groups of people who you can make jokes at uh, to make them offended, and that makes you laugh because whatever. Uh, and one is like, oh, you're, you're clutching your pearls, you're high society. Oh, that's just not proper because it's not traditional. And the other is... You're offending a group of people who are marginalized uh, because yeah. you can. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and give you. I'll give you one guess as to which that which of those gets emphasized and in it, this movie. Well, in Mr. Deeds, he does the other one, so I think it comes across better. Here, it's very clearly like if somebody's a wacky character in his hometown, it's because there's something quote unquote wrong with them, like they're not normative. Yeah. Um, and uh, and it's, it's it's frustrating. It's. it's endemic of the times and of the sandler verse and his you know cadre uh that they can't really tell his the dif- wicked cadre his, his sandler's <laughs> wicked cadre his his uh his coven of witches <laughs> um that that he can't really distinguish those two types of humor um it's, it's a really it's it's a very unwholesome way to find humor, and I, as a person who is kind of beyond it, I couldn't help being like, why is the relatively advantaged normal guy so high and mighty about his relative advantages and normalcy? Like, where is the empathy in this man's? Yeah, um, it, it's it's the same thing that yeah. you get in, um, like, in South Park, where it's like, 
from my perspective as the uh, uh, you know the established the, default of our society yeah, the default is a good way to put anything it. different for me is the target of a possible joke yes and not recognizing not any nuance ridicule. in that situation <laughs> not merely a joke ridicule mm-hmm. like he looks down on them and i think we are also meant to look down on them like yes whitey <laughs> is quote unquote the protagonist you never stop laughing at him yeah and that's i don't know like you're you're supposed to kind of continuously see him as pathetic through the end of the movie so you're also it, it's like... uncomfortable front to back you're also like you could take the argument that like Davy's character is not supposed to be sympathetic and that you are supposed to hate him, but everything good happens to him at the end of the movie for no reason. Like they're such unearned character growth. Well, well, that was a Hanukkah miracle, Zane. That's even that, worse. That's, that's what got the small town judge to be like, well, okay, I guess I won't prosecute this white man. This this small uh, town judge. Um, but yeah, yeah small you know. town judge. Uh, I actually had the opposite perspective in contrasting it with, like, appreciation for Mr. Deeds. To me, uh, this happens a lot when we look at animated properties. The buffer helps me. It helps Mm. me be like, Whitey is clearly not a, you know, homo sapiens. (laughs) He's he's somewhere, like, you know, the gene pool splintered at some point, and he's kind of... The, uh, the the New World Monkeys equivalent of whatever the rest of the town is. I'm, I'm going to wait so for you to finish things... this thought before I agree with you because this feels like it could go downhill fast. No, no, no. I'm just I'm, I'm saying he's he's abnormal enough yeah. that he's a cartoon. Mm-hmm. Like he's not a real person that is marginalized through the medium of a movie. He is a cartoon character, and that that makes it a little bit harder. Like it makes it a little bit uh, easier to laugh at. The fact that his ass looks like two coconuts just squeezed yeah. <laughs> together, like it, it's there's there's things about him that because it's an animated property, I found a little bit easier to take in. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah, yeah. You, that's, you, that's not to say that Adam Sandler's ever not a douchebag in this. Yeah, movie. you 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 see Gargamel victimizing Smurfs. It doesn't matter. Like you don't feel bad for the Smurfs because they're Smurfs. Right, like yeah, and you, you don't you don't you don't shake your finger at Gargamel, you know. Um, Whitey is is uh, kind of the other. So the, the main character of this movie is Davy Stone, voiced by Adam Sandler, playing Adam Sandler. Welcome to Adam it, Sandler. It, this is Adam animated Adam Sandler. He's and well, not like at the time his roles had been like adult man child, um, but in those cases it was kind of literally like the Water Boy or like um, you know Happy Madison, like. Like legitimately stunted growth of a company. person. You mean Billy Madison or Happy Gilmore? That's right, both of those. Uh, and uh, but here he's mostly just like an adult who is like he's not a kid for any reason. He's he's stunted emotionally, but he's still like an adult in 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 his own way. I I don't know if that's true. Like, like <laughs> I, mean, he's, I mean, he's pretty clearly a, a child that never got over his trauma. He he is, but like in other. Adam Sandler movies, he is a person who at some point did not learn to engage with the world, and here he knows how, he just chooses not to. I'm I'm not convinced that he knows how either. Like, I, I think the big thrust of the movie is go to fucking therapy. Is kind of what it is what it sounds like. The, the if, if the movie has a purpose, that, if, that if is anything case. can be said, yeah. Um, the, the big turnaround point in his character arc is when he is like oh, shit, I have to actually introspect and, like, deal with these emotions instead of grieving 
continuously. In the in and the wackiest way possible, is... because we can't avoid that wackiness in any way. No time it's, for honest it's... introspection. We need the guy from Foot Locker to tell us to introspect. Yeah, that's man. That's the other thing. I'll just get it out of the way right now. The tone is fucking wild here. It's off the, the chain. It's just. It's so. Uh, it's so ping pong. It's mm-hmm. like they go through a flashback which is toned seriously the animation feels more fluid and like realistic i I have things to say about the animation oh i'm sure you do um they go through that flashback and it's really tragic and then it it flips back to like you know one of adam sandler's alternate personas going oh my god that's so that's so tragic i could fits yeah yeah. you know they're, they're just like I, I weren't we sad a second ago? What yeah. is the movie? What are you doing, movie? If you've ever seen the movie, uh, his movie Click, the first half is just wacky Adam Sandler being a dick. The second half is like really touching and emotional. Uh, so I've heard. I've never me, had probably. any interest in watching it for myself. Though. I cried in the theater. Um, huh. Here, those two halves are like interspersed and not done as well. Yeah, there there isn't any. There's there's no sense that the movie knows how sad it's trying to be in any given moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's almost as if this guy just had a bunch of, of ideas and jokes and didn't didn't edit them. I, I don't <laughs> think this is the case, but it, it sort of feels as though, like, an alternate version of Adam Sandler is like, no one has ever told me no, everything I come out with is for some reason accepted i'm gonna have my therapy by throwing all my trauma at the page there you go do what you will with it Mm -hmm. and it just kind of turned out like you remember lupon where like he's he's like like his 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 dreams are all like crass advertisements and just like (laughs) manic energy and like that's how adam sandler's alternate persona does trauma like yeah. he's going back into his childhood and reliving this trauma and there's like a fucking roadrunner doing like wily coyote antics in the background yes yeah. like so so there are a lot of like product placement things like he has the group therapy session with a bunch of logos um none of those product placements were ever approved like not only did they not get money on this they got into a lot of trouble <laughs> that's awesome um another fun fact uh about what like when they were figuring out what to keep in the movie and what not to. They did some focus group testing. Mm. And there is a uh, Whitey's voice, the really annoying voice that our our secondary character has. Um, Focus groups hated that voice, but they didn't want it to change. Zane, I enjoyed that voice. (laughs) It it worked. Do you know why it works? It's because I can see Adam Sandler doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, I, you can tell that he's scrunching up his face, putting his, head, yeah. putting his shoulders up. I constantly have the image of the celebrity Jeopardy, Jeopardy uh, Adam Sandler mm-hmm. uh, SNL knockoff going, happy doobie. <laughs> I just had that going on in my mind constantly for the entire thing. And Alex Trebek being like, I hate my life. In con- <laughs> that, that's in what contrast. I'm telling you. The real Adam Sandler's got charisma somehow. Um, <laughs> also, the focus groups. Um, the director wanted to cut the scene where <laughs> the group of deer eat poop. And the focus mm-hmm. groups were like, no, that's got to stay. We love that. that. Yeah, that's vital. <laughs> I mean, the, say what you will. This This movie has like a lot of crude humor. Mm-hmm. It's not very good. There were times like, I genuinely laughed. Yeah, there, <laughs> like, there, there are some comedic punchlines. There's some comedic timing to a lot of this shit. There were some really good like 
individual moments and like a good song and like yeah. really good animation. You talking on, about technical foul? On yeah, technical foul's good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on the whole, though, on average, this, <laughs> I I, I dislike this movie more than Beavis and Butthead. That's amazing. I. I, I mean, I obviously, I also disliked it more than Beavis and Butthead, but it's because I really like Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> it's just it's because, just like, those were kids, and this is an adult, and we weren't supposed to be on their side there, and we are supposed to be on his side here, and this is just mean and lazy. <laughs> it is. It's a mean, lazy screed by a man who, it, like, it is very bah humbug. Mm-hmm. You know, that that is kind of the thrust of his character. Let's get through the other couple of characters that are worth mentioning sure. just for the sake of brevity later on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have another Adam Sandler, Whitey, yep. who is this old troll doll that got shrunk in a microwave, but only half of him. Like, yeah. he's, it, it, like I think he's compared not unkindly to a leprechaun at one point. Yeah, that that's... That's as close as you can kind of figure. Like a real world counterpart of Leprechaun. Yeah. Um, you know, like, like if... mismatched sized feet. He has seizures all the time because, again, ableist humor. Yep. Um, but he is also the person who sticks his neck out to try to get Davy some help. And yeah. so he is our. He's, 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 he's kind of his lifeline. Like, if he doesn't kind of uh, do what this old man, you know, like, doesn't, doesn't, like, um, play nice and you know, kind of go under this old man's wing, he's going to go to prison, so. Yeah, and he's sort of this icon of a, of a bygone era where the community meant something. Um, yeah. Where, like, at the time in movies, you were supposed to make fun of this character because, like, he never left his humdrum, you know, hometown or anything like that. He dreams so small. But now in modern days where we're so fractionated, like, you're kind of like, I, I really want, like, a small-town community where everybody knows your name. That sounds great. Yeah, Again, yeah, I not mean, something you just, can actually get in New Hampshire. Everyone hates you and has a gun. Yeah, I mean, just just he is a genuinely nice person in a world that has few of them. Yeah. Um, which isn't to say that like everyone is constantly like kicking Adam Sandler in the balls and cussing his mom out or anything like that. Like they're mm-hmm. not being an asshole to him in the way that he's an asshole to everyone else. It's just that no one's really selfless. No one yeah. really sticks their neck out for others. And so he kind of shines like a, a bright light in the darkness in that way. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about him and his character such as it is. Mm-hmm. Um, he also has a sister, which is more, again, different Adam Sandler voice. Yep. Uh, there's um, Davy's old high school crush who has now grown up, has a kid, uh, but is divorced. Um Jen, named... I think. What was that? Jen, Jennifer. Jennifer, yeah. Jen and um, Ben. And she, she's sort of like the last remnant of his childhood that hasn't completely... That 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 he still, you know, kind of thinks fondly of. Yeah. It's the way that he can kind of connect to his past in a way that isn't purely pain. And, and she is a woman in an Adam Sandler movie, so she's there for him. Um... She's there for him, but she's also not treated like a bimbo or anything no. she's like a loving mother who is actually gets some choice zingers in there like i thought she was actually handled fairly well yeah she's like a real person who is treated yeah. as just a boring real person who's not the focus of this movie but adam sandler's still got to go with her in the end even though it doesn't really make a lot of sense i think it makes perfect sense like i actually kind of disagree i think that um you know i g- granted she has no agency and she is there so that a romantic connection can be made but i think as an instrument for the character david to 
connect to his past. Um, and the healing of that relationship kind of mirroring the way he's dealing with his past trauma, I thought was a decently well-told story. The, the story on the whole uh, for that part was well-told. She didn't really, like, her modern self didn't intersect with it a whole lot. She, and, she doesn't do much, to be fair. Like, <laughs> And the, you, the, like, they're going to hook up and get together later at the end felt pretty undeserved. Like, Oh, it's absolutely undeserved. Like, <laughs> what should happen is she should have no romantic interest in him, and they should just, she agrees to be a friend to him, which feels like the more important aspect of his life that he's been missing. Or, or like, you know, oh, yeah, let's, let's go on a date and catch up. Like, at most. <laughs> That's kind of... Yeah. I mean, like, she doesn't get a lot of screen time, so a lot yeah. of that is left in the dark. Uh, we also have her son, Ben, who is mm-hmm. just, you know, he's a he's a good kid uh, who's yeah, Jewish. Yeah, he's, um, again, just another object to which Adam Sandler's character can experience his past in a way that isn't pain. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's going to be a mentor kid. He's he... I, I like that there is a person to whom Adam Sandler is, like... I don't need to be a dick to this kid because he's a child, one, and he wants to learn basketball and he reminds me of me and I'm great. So, you know, I I was kind of wondering about this because it did feel like the Bah Humbug, you know, uh, Scrooge doesn't really go off on anyone unless they wish him Merry Christmas from the vagaries that I remember. That's the entire thing is like he's mad at Christmas. So he lashes out at people. Uh, it's, it's, it's reversed. He lashes out at people. And then he hates Christmas. Then he hates Christmas. Uh, so it's it's it uses a convenient excuse for his lashing out. I, I thought that David was kind of the same way in this, where like people are trying to tell uh, to 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 tell him to enjoy the holidays, to basically tell him to get uh, spoilers, uh, tell him <laughs> to get over his parents' death because that is how he conflates the two because it happened during the holidays and yada 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 uh, Han- last night of hanukkah story. during the night of the big game night of the big game yeah, with his girlfriend the tropes into the same <laughs> but uh so i i kind of saw his lashing out as a reaction to in his mind people telling him to move on mm-hmm. yeah uh, I, and this kid doesn't have any co- knowledge of that and he doesn't you know He's just kind of around and is like this symbol of innocence. Again, a way for him to connect to his past self. Yeah, he, I mean, he's using a child to, to get out his own emotions, but he's doing it in a fairly pro-social way. I'm, I'm not upset about that. Um, it is, yeah. it is. I saw it more as like, um, like narcissistic behavior. This is something that I've seen before with people who are just so self-absorbed about their own like selves uh, that they claim, like they bully other people, but claim to hate bullies. Um, yep. And so like he sees other people, you know, making fun of this kid or, you know, something like that. And he's like, I'm the only dick in this town. Yeah. Like (laughs) (laughs) quick crowd in my space. I refuse to see any bad behavior in myself, but I'm very quick to see it in other people. (laughs) And I'm selective for when I choose to intervene. (laughs) We can make any number of reasons why Benjamin is okay in David's eyes. The point of uh, the point of Benjamin is so that. David does not act like a douchebag to literally everyone and has a mo- a pet the dog moment in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. It is so we see him as not merely a monster that carouses from street from from bar to bar <laughs> on the eves of Christmas like some sort of fucking alcoholic modern Krampus. Yeah, yeah, the local cryptid, just a guy <laughs> <Yeah>. in New Hampshire. <laughs> the the Hanukkah 
uh, the, the, the Hanukkah lush. He drank all my beer and he pissed in my chimney. <laughs> the, the Hanukkah lushy. Uh, uh, yes, yeah, so that's all the characters. Um, the, this is a musical. There are some songs. Mm-hmm. Um, they are fine. Standard. There There's are a couple that I really like. The first uh, one's pretty one... jumpy. The The technical foul is a, is a highlight. Technical foul is great, which I love that it's... Uh, I I love the the title of the song is that's a technical foul like <laughs> yeah. in the in the speech patterns of Whitey himself yeah yeah God I, I, it's so weird to call him Whitey <laughs> it's they they originally it, uh, thought about calling the movie uh, Whitey and Davy but they were like that's gonna cause a lot of questions we don't want to answer <laughs> yeah that. It's <laughs> easier to just change the title of the movie than t- changing the title of the, changing the character's name, I guess. I guess. Um, the animation is really good, actually, and there's a reason for this. Ben, I don't know if you if you saw this. Uh, I, I, I okay. Fully, fully, tra- full transparency. I just watched this movie. I barely took any notes because I didn't care. Sure. Uh, I had to get a hulu account in order to watch it <laughs> which means that not only do i have to pay i did i have an actual expense a financial expense to watching this movie a direct line a, a chain of events there uh but also i was able to watch it in um in uh in 4k so well good for you might i recommend yeah. uh re-watching all of it's always sunny in philadelphia while you're while you're I, there i it's too much for me, man. It's it's right on the other side of the line of too cringy for me to watch. Oh, see, Nathan, for you is that for me? Uh, that's that's even more. It's even farther <laughs> down the line. Nathan, for you is a little bit farther than The Office, which is a little bit farther than It's Always Sunny, and then the line of where I can barely handle it. What, what's just on this side of the line for you? Oh, boy. Um. Gosh. I, 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 name some name some awkward shows, I'm, and I'll I'm, tell you I'm when you get there. To, I'm trying to think of some awkward shows now. <laughs> yeah, I guess Parks and Rec. Um, Parks and Rec is probably just around that area. Yeah, I, I didn't really like that either, but that was less of a cringe I, issue and more I of a. I think just... uh, the Last Man on Earth was right on the line for me. I didn't. Oh, was that the one with the the schlub? Yeah, Will Hines. Yeah, I watched like an episode or two of that, and that was like a little bit too far for me. I think. Yep. Okay. All right. So uh, you know, listeners, put that into your algorithm. Uh, <laughs> we'll. You yeah, know. I don't. I, I'm trying to think. It might be. I can only kind of like link it back to like cartoons and stuff. To be In honest. any case, Ben, when you were yeah. watching this movie and and you saw the art style for the first time, what other property jumped into your head? What, what were you like? What does this look like? Uh, just at a glance, I don't know. Recess, maybe? Hmm, it's more detailed than Recess. Look at Davy. What other movie character does he look like? Let me, let me, let me go. I'm going to look at it real quick because I can't remember exactly uh, how, how it looks. Let me look at this I can't guy. wait to see the glimmer of recognition and then horror in your face. Uh, hmm... I'm having trouble, man. I don't know. Doesn't he look like Dean from the Iron Giant? Oh, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Ben, the 
animation department for this movie was basically the same one that worked on the Iron Giant. That makes sense. I guess that's why, like, to be fair, I think the animation was pretty good. Like, it went down pretty smooth. I, I thought it was uh, really good. I mean, the, the, the conventionally attractive characters look like they were in the Iron Giant. Everybody else is some horrible caricature. Um, but what yeah, there's a lot was, of real Adam Sandler hobgoblins walking around this Pleasantville. What happened was Iron Giant came out and uh, was a was a box office failure. We now know that it was one of the greatest uh, movies. I don't under people are weird. Uh, Osmosis Jones came out and that was a box office failure. Even though now we recognize that it was a movie. Um, yeah. And Warner Brothers Animation scaled way back. And guess who picked up the people they fired? <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Well, no, it, I mean, it, it, and then they made this, which was a big box office failure. Given that this is so much a character development story and how much I loved watching Davy go from slightly manic drunk to to depressed and withdrawn. Like the the change in the facial facial mm-hmm. muscles always read to me as pretty organic. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody else is just a hobgoblin, but he he yeah, had very some good muscles. Well, yeah, very expressive. Yeah. Um, anything else before we get into the plot? Just, uh, you know, I don't think we've talked about uh, Hanukkah in media before or our relationship to it. Hmm. For those who do not know, uh, Hanukkah does not matter to Jews. Kind Jews. of at all. There was a very interesting think piece a couple years ago about how it's actually the most Jewish holiday. Yeah. Um, have fun looking for that, I guess, for your show no, notes. No, thanks. Yeah, I'm okay. Um, yeah, it's, it. you know, depending on how orthodox you want to go. Like, I'm sure there's people who culturally identify with Hanukkah a lot because that was when they, you know, felt like familial spirit and connection to the community or whatever. But um, in terms of the actual religious significance, it's almost non-existent, which means that they kind of did whatever they want for a lot of Hanukkah stuff, Hmm. Um, which is why you don't see any Hanukkah in this movie, except for a couple weird oddball jokes, which me and Zane and probably no one else picked up on. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Latkes, dreidels. I get it. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you, Adam. Moving on. Loud and clear. Um... I think that that makes this a freer movie than something that would be a Christmas movie. And sure. I understand that there's like a lot of variety in Christmas stuff, but Christmas movies are so tightly tuned to the feel-good family comedy routine yeah. that I think deviating away from that is kind of harder. Whereas Adam Sandler can kind of get a pass for for a for a Hanukkah property, especially because it's Adam Sandler and he right. has marketed himself as the Hanukkah guy for, you know, a, a straight fucking decade. So. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's like aesthetically at least as much of a Christmas movie because you have everybody else in town celebrating Christmas. You've got reindeer in this. You have, uh, you know, the jingle they're bell just sound. They're I don't know. Snow. Everyone in this movie is drunk if they think those are reindeer. They're just regular ass deer. Well, the I don't know what the difference is. It's like a holiday spirit. It's like how werewolves you know, under the moon during December, deer turn into reindeer. Oh, it's just, okay. I see. Also, sharks are boys and dolphins are girls. Uh, oh, gotcha. I, I'm, I'm not a biologist. <laughs> no, clearly. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, well, there aren't really a lot of Hanukkah movies per se. From my no, uh, and the times that they are referenced 
in media, in cartoons, you either get, like, the only ones I remember, and I'm sure there's more than this, uh, the only ones I remember are the Rugrats Hanukkah special and the brief appearance of the immortal Hanukkah zombie in Futurama. (laughs) Spoiler alert. (laughs) Beyond that, Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think it's really represented very much, and I would like there to be out there somewhere a better animated Hanukkah movie. I don't know what it looks like. Yeah. This is an Adam Sandler movie with the Hanukkah syrup on it. Hanukkah elements, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Other than that, I do not really have a lot else. So we can go into the plot. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I didn't actually write plot notes down. So if you want to take the reins on this, cool. If not, we can just try to remember it. So Yeah, I, I have some notes. So first off, there's a narrator. And I thought that this would be a an in-universe person, but it's just a narrator. <laughs> I thought we were going to get like a clerk's... Uh, Jay from Jay and Silent Bob at the end of his life, recollecting the time yeah. that he spent in the Sandlot kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, like this is Benjamin, like reflecting back. Yeah, writing his memoirs about the meaning of Hanukkah after he became like a astronaut basketball player or some shit. You you cannot look at this movie and say that there is a meaning of Hanukkah wrapped in it somewhere. No, you can't, which is <laughs> the thing that I was like, okay, they're going to try to tell me something. And just like they never, they never went to a, they never, it, Hanukkah never really happens in this movie which is <laughs> kind of amazing given that it's called eight crazy nights i thought great. that we were gonna have like a, a like a like a majora's mask day night cycle oh, for yeah, eight yeah. days and that would like somehow mirror like a rising falling uh resolution kind of also Shakespearean. Like, eight crazy nights that is a lyric from his hanukkah song that does not play any role like they picked that name out of a hat of all the other lyrics in that song yeah i i don't know i think that's the most evocative one in terms of like getting getting the point across for you know but, but it bears advertising no, purposes it bears no relationship to the movie also the poster of this movie also bears no relationship to the movie i don't know isn't if you saw like, this isn't he like throwing a snowball or something no he's like on a magic sleigh like he's on santa's sleigh oh, and white he's hanging yeah, off the, the side by some christmas lights okay so the first three google image searches is the the one where he's 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 on a fucking he's a rat on a hot tin can uh <laughs> trailer park kind of thing um, there's a second one, which is a bunch of people, a bunch of the people in the movie and him throwing a snowball. And the exact, the third image that comes up on Google image search is Whitey doing the technical foul T thing <laughs> yeah. to the camera, which is it's very fun. I-, I like that you think that the phrase is rat on a hot tin can <laughs> I, that was instead a, of that cat was... on a hot tin roof. That's very charming to me. That, You're just like, yeah, I'm going to take this phrase and just downgrade it. It wasn't me. Do, do you um? Do you remember that? Oh yeah, cartoon rat on a hot tin can. No. Yeah, it was, it was about a, it was about a homeless rat. It was like it, for whatever reason it stuck with me. It was kind of like a wily e. coyote formula of a rat trying to get warm in the winter and just like the street sweepers and the 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 uncaring winter just kind of conspiring against him and then eventually sets the can on fire and rockets to the moon or something. Again, not real, not really a good plot in like a pro social way. No, I mean, I, sounds, it sounds me. I pretty that, pretty cruel. I mean, it, again, cartoon buffer. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't anyway. remember that. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah, so uh, the narrator talks about the holiday season. Uh, Davy is set up as the Scrooge figure. Uh, he's getting drunk and eating too much at the Chinese restaurant. Four scorpion bowls, which is, by the way, just like I not at my most drunkest would I endeavor to <laughs> eat more than a single scorpion bowl by myself. <laughs> 
those are meant for yeah. groups. Uh, and we have Rob Schneider playing a, a racist Chinese stereotype. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope you like seeing him. He comes back through the whole movie. Now, I want anybody who's listening who doesn't know what happened to Rob Schneider in the years since then. He's gotten worse. Has he really? Yeah, he's he's a total like shitbag conservative comedian, anti-vaxer. Holy shit. You know, he's how how do you even do conservative comedy? You just hate people. I guess you just complain at the wokes. I, I, I watched that's the a really only good, thing I can figure. I watched a really good YouTube video recently comparing Rob Schneider's stand-up and TV show to Tim Heidecker's like avant-garde him playing a conservative comedian who is him oh, doing. Did you the see jokes. Tim? He- did you see Tim Heidecker doing a fake interview in the style of the Joe Rogan experience? It's apparently like a one-to-one yeah, <laughs> match. I, I haven't seen it. That's That sounds... I, my appreciation for Tim Heidecker has only grown since I've decided to not watch any of his output. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's a, that's a fine way to imbibe him. It's been a while. Um, but yeah, so Davey's too drunk to get into his car, uh, and he... I love the little detail this. of it zooms up on the keyhole in the car and you just see a bunch of etches from the all the other times he's been drunk trying to get into his car. character building. This was it's the, very good. This was one of the only times in the movie I like laughed out loud, which was like the cops are giving him are telling him like you're not gonna drive while you're this drunk. And he's like, No, I'm just saying goodbye to my car. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> I love you. He starts like humping the car. Yeah, he gets very Adam Sandler's and about the, the whole and the ordeal. The partner to the cop gets a tear in his eye, like it's some romantic, like yeah, it's, it's reminding him of his of his sweet wife. It, it, it reminded me of the uh, the wedding singer. I wanna kiss you all over. You know where he just kind of like starts making out with the phone, and there's bystanders around. This is a classic Adam Sandler. He's he's being romantic slash erotic to something that is not a person, and people are watching. Again, he has charisma. Yeah. Um, it's, it's it look, I. I'm not immune to that kind of charm. It's a funny scene. It's funny watching him, like, dirty talk to a car. Um, but he does still get in trouble because he skipped that on the check. And he dodges the cops uh, while skateboarding around town or, or it's like back to the future, for fuck's sake. It, yeah. it's, it's like static shock. He's on a trash can lid. Um, yeah. And we get his song um, where he's, he's, this is my I am song. I'm a yep. jerk. Leave me alone. Um, yeah, there's not much more to it than that i don't remember exactly how it culminates other than breaking a statue and there's a courtroom scene yeah well well the the chorus to the song that the the refrain is you know i hate love i hate you i hate me and that's just kind of setting up like where this is coming from but yeah he he ruins christmas uh by like crashing into some ice sculptures he gets arrested and Mm -hmm. uh in the courtroom scene the judge is like listen i've i've been dealing with you for kind of a while I'm just a small town country judge, but, you know, (laughs) even I have my limits. (laughs) Um, And Uh, Whitey speaks up for him. Yeah, he's going to go upstate, but Whitey, this leprechaun-looking feller. (laughs) Yeah. This cartoon uh, come to life. Yeah, very top of the morning kind of gentleman here. Uh, He steps in, and it's very clearly the old squeaky weirdo Adam Sandler voice. <laughs> oh, he, he, Mr. Judge, I tell you what, I do, I'll take care of him, this little Davy, isn't it the spirit of the holidays? <laughs> like, it's it's very, 
you, you could see Adam Sandler so clearly yep. enjoying playing <laughs> this character. Like, this is the point of the movie, mm-hmm. is for Adam Sandler to play Whitey. Yep. Davy doesn't matter <laughs> Davey, to Adam Sandler. Davy's just, he came in, he ad-libbed, he's out. Yeah. They, they recorded his lines from other things he's been in. <laughs> this is what, I, I don't know, I'm convinced that this is what Adam Sandler wanted to do mm-hmm. in this movie. Um, and the judge kind of agrees, and he's like, okay, Whitey, if if... You think it would be good for him. He can be a basketball referee. But if he does any crimes, he's going away for 10 years. <laughs> no more crimes. That's the rule. <laughs> Listen, Davey, I, I'm a no-nonsense judge. No crimes. <laughs> no crimes. Yeah, and so, then, so we... Yeah. Yep, uh, locker room scene. We just kind of see, like, Whitey's an earnest guy. Davey's an asshole. We're just setting up the characters. Uh, and yeah. Whitey wants to be awarded the all-star patch. This is one. This is like that, um, you know, small town award that, you know, can mean something to somebody who's been a fixture of the community. But everybody who like has moved to a new town every two years, like, what? Oh. Come on, who cares? Yeah, it's like, um, it's like the like the best village award in Hot Fuzz, where like people in the town care about it to the point of a mental condition. Yeah, and everybody else is like, this is not a reason to act the way that you're acting. Um. There's a there's a basketball game, you know, Davey makes fun of the fat kid, Whitey has a seizure. Yeah, it's just ableism. Like the, it's just, it's just, just not it's just it's just laughing at the disabled for a while. Um, this this is this is what I'm saying about like Adam Sandler's brand of humor. He's clearly funny. He clearly has good jokes. He just can't tell the difference between good humor and bad. He's just playing a numbers game. Th- that is what it feels like and you I mean, to be fair, it's decent characterization because mm-hmm. if you stop and try to not think of this as Adam Sandler telling me a joke, but the character Davey being a shitlord <laughs> to make himself laugh, it runs a little bit better. Uh huh. Um, and Whitey brings Davey to the mall. He's like, "This is this is where I feel very fulfilled and spiritual. I think this is a good place for your moral improvement." This is interesting. I don't know if you looked up on this. I didn't remember this mall song from when I watched it in theaters. It apparently got deleted and then got added into whatever version I happened to watch. Do you mean the little, like, rhyming thing that uh, Whitey does? I think so. Yeah, he, 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 like, talks a little bit about, oh, you can do this, you can do that, it all rhymes. Doesn't... He, like, puts on, like, a tuxedo and tails and with a top hat, right? Or is that a different scene? Oh, my memory escapes me. He does that at some point. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a, like a big. Uh, oh yeah, no, no, he does it with here because there's like the chorus line of 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 chunky ladies on the escalator or whatever. It's it's like this movie is a mishmash of nonsense. So like <laughs> the this could the have actual ha- points, <laughs> Ben. That could have happened any time at any five minute interval. Yeah. Um, um, intro, Jennifer. Uh, I can I say like, I I don't know why, but like, the fact that. Davy is even kind of responding to him in a way that isn't like the fact that he showed just, up. He showed up. He's responding to like, did you actually did did you have that memorized or did you just rhyme a bunch <laughs> by accident? Like right. he's he's kind of I read it a little bit as like he is kind of reaching out for someone to engage with. Yeah. And yeah. like he does kind of have to put on a brave face of I don't want to talk to an old man who's this much of a weirdo because I have weird notions of what is a, a ridiculable human being. Sure. Um, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I, th- I thought of this as kind of like 
a decent way to show us that like he's he's not unreachable yeah i mean this this is the narcissist on the good days right you put up a wall to see who's willing to break through yeah 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 that's a good way to put it um i might save that actually <laughs> yeah you're welcome yeah uh, i just know that because of like that meme with like sad trump and like sometimes we just put up walls to see who's willing to break them down or something oh that's something a good like one that. I, I i haven't seen that one but i like the idea of him being maligned in the internet verse as a sad man instead of a bad man yeah well ben it's been a long five years <laughs> we got we need a new we need something new and we need something new in the roster um yeah so uh jennifer shows up she's bringing donuts for whitey um that's really cute that's cute because because he, he can't have them at home because his sister's diabetic um, yeah, everybody's he, being just very thoughtful to each other. It's the spirit of the holidays. I mean, it's just Whitey and Jennifer, really. <laughs> I don't yeah. think anyone is thoughtful to anyone else in this, in this movie. I'd like to believe really. that it's a community. Um, you see that kid of. got the the kid got a Game Boy Advanced for Hanukkah. I saw that. Yeah, that's very that's a very um, very specifically a Game Boy Advance. Yeah, it doesn't. It's not a like a generic knockoff of or, or something. Like that's clearly the GBA. Again, they probably could have gotten some product placement money in this movie. They just chose not to. Yeah, I don't know what the oversight was like on this movie, but um, you know, there uh, he is being uh, David's being kind of a psycho. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they're they're all wishing each other happy holidays, um, and Davy says something to the effect of. Hey, I hope you like your Hanukkah presents. Hopefully on the fourth day, Santa doesn't come around and take a shit in your bed or so- something crazy. <laughs> something that a human wouldn't say to a another human in public, first. Secondly, a child who is bearing them no ill will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait until the kid does something wrong first, at least. <laughs> like, he's not even talking to you, man. <laughs> yeah, you said, hey, kid, what's the- yeah, you got a game. Good for you. Like that was it. You started you, this. <laughs> you, you can't. You, you can't get mad at a kid for existing. <laughs> well, apparently you can. Um, yeah, you know they talk to the mayor. Whitey brings up the All Star patch again. Um, they they're they're out of the mall. We can we can move on. Yeah, there, there's just if, I mean like there's a lot of the dialogue in various ways that are just um, Adam Sandler making fun of either a marginalized community or somebody whom is not normative just anyone in so, arms like, reach really yeah like he like shouts something at the um at the at the mayor being like hot topics where you want to go for your furry underpants mm-hmm. like just like real loud making a scene trying to embarrass the guys like that that's a lot of what this movie is is just adam sandler making a scene in order to tell a joke mm-hmm. and it doesn't advance anything it's just yeah. kind of filler comedy spectacle yep uh so they're in the car and uh davy davy stole some peanut brittle and wadey's like uh you're not supposed to do any crimes and he's like what are you gonna do tell the judge and he's like oh i just might (laughs) (laughs) yeah he's wadey's very a very cute character i'm kind of into him (laughs) um but yeah so davy goes home to his trailer and you're like oh yeah he's sad forever he's gonna like be in this trailer in the middle of like the dark cold woods like zane did you see this movie before no never what okay, if i had so, seen this movie before i would not have consented to watch it again yeah i i was amazed but uh you know i i don't know I, i'm glad i watched it again uh, not that i enjoyed it as a movie but just you know i like doing the podcast for that uh did you see the reason behind the depression at this point like they they 
it's pretty heavy-handed if you have any kind of media awareness at all. He has a a a, a letter from his parents that is like his only prized possession. Like that tells you everything you need to know. It tells you what you need to know. I don't think it was clear at this point if that was a letter that he's been holding for years or a letter that just came in the mail. Oh, okay. I, Cause like I knew that it was just, that yeah. was like an artifact of his past. I, I knew that it was probably like super important cause they spent any amount of time on it without an attempt at a joke. And they just don't do that in this movie. This is one of those moments where like, he goes from he's been a just I mean quite frankly he's just been a a criminal <laughs> in in town and he he's comes back on it he he comes back on his criminal high <laughs> you know <laughs> cracks open a beer and he like goes on the couch and um this is one of those moments where he goes from kind of like the manic yeah I really told those bystanders what to what and it, like his his face sinks from that energy into just like a blanket blah gray depression kind of thing yeah he doesn't have anything he doesn't have anything except for hating other people like right you know what does this get you kind of thing yeah yeah more or less um meanwhile whitey is stuck in the snow davy's not doing anything to help him but some magical deer come and, and help him out yeah i guess just like kind of cinderella sort of stuff right mm-hmm. Yep. I, I think that's what it's trying to evoke is like this is a good and pure creature that the animal world wants to help yeah even though he looks like a gremlin that adam sandler wants to ridicule we should be on his side we, we is the way that <laughs> we see him at home reading short and goofy quarterly that's very good <laughs> uh, and, we, <laughs> and we meet his sister who's playing the trombone like like just yeah. squeeze in every every you know like you say leprechaunish kind of thing we can uh, do. they have matching uh soaking foot tubs that seems nice actually like that with that yeah, seems with like a thing water. i would want to do uh yeah it, with like their names engraved on them and we see one later for davy when he moves in there's very one cute. labeled guest <laughs> it's a very good joke synchronized all like putting their feet in ah <laughs> yeah that's it's really good it's like very clearly a well-worn relationship this is also Adam, this is Adam Sandler talking to himself again, mm-hmm. right? Um, with yeah, Eleanor. Him. Yeah. Uh, Eleanor sounds like, he sounds like a different, he doesn't sound like Adam Sandler doing a magical leprechaun voice. It's Adam Sandler doing the play with your cock and balls for a while voice from that old, are, are you familiar with this? No, the words you just said are not things that I know how to really appreciate or understand. It, I'm it's, really it's hoping you're going to dig us out of this one. Oh man, it's it's kind of a famous like um comedy track that he used to do. Like I assume it was kind of on the same album as like uh the the, the Hanukkah song or what have you. Uh it just was like uh a, a mom who really enthusiastically uh wanted like advocated for her sons playing with their cock and balls and it the entire song the entire track the entire thing was like just a framework for him to say why don't you play with your cock and balls for a while <laughs> and it, it, that, like that voice that's the one it's the cock and balls woman see i can't explain the joke to you because i don't understand what it is okay i'm giving you the best that i can for my memory i want to look it up to make sure i didn't dream this or what wasn't some other comedian i mean it sounds like him all right no 
Go play with your cock and balls for mama. Stroke your schlong and whack your nuts. The mama will make you a sandwich. Yeah, the, the, uh, <laughs> Urban Dictionary has given me everything I need to know. Ah, <laughs> uh, the internet provides. So Cock and balls. Ask Adam Sandler. He mastered the phrase. <sighs> yep. Yep. <laughs> I hope that there's someone out there who's listening to this episode who doesn't know who or what Adam Sandler is. <laughs> I guess we never did provide the like base ground track. It's kind of like, oh, we're going to do a Christmas movie. What is Santa Claus? Who is Jesus? He was huge. Adam Sandler was like the guy other than like Weird Al whose comedy I knew and could appreciate at that age. Mm-hmm. And one of those aged a lot better. <laughs> As it turns out. I don't know. Cock and ball humor is immortal, Zane. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. That's that's timeless. Um, so moving back to the plot, uh, we, we spent some time <laughs> with Whitey. Zane, I did need to get the cock and balls thing in there at one point, especially if you haven't seen it. Listen, you can edit it in. You can edit it out. It, <laughs> we have, we've spaced this quite nicely. <laughs> Very good. Uh, so Whitey's an odd jobsman. Uh, we see him suffer abuse around the town. Davy's not the only one who makes him the butt of his jokes. Although Davy does do one of the more unforgivable things, which is shove him around a uh, uh, a porta potty, porta potty, knocks yeah. him down the hill where he's covered in shit, and then uses a hose to freeze him into a frozen shitsicle, poopsicle, and then, and then yeah, poopsicle. And that's the pun. Oh, because it's like popsicle. Yeah. But it's but with poop. You got it. Poop shit's cool. So okay. then, <laughs> shit's not cool. Yeah, as it turns out. Yeah. Um, and the deer eat the shit to free him. This is. I think this was one of the scenes. <laughs> this is that, this like, is the low point of the movie. Yeah. That's the one. That's one of the scenes that stuck with me. That and like uh, like going back to my memory, I remember this is my happiest seizure ever. Um, oh yeah, and this the, the, those those two moments were like the ones that even when I was a kid, I was like, I'm not really here for this. This is the kind of scene that you put in there, expecting that you have to take it out so you can get the PG-13 rating, <laughs> but they give you the PG-13 anyway, and you're like, well, <laughs> wait, really? Okay. I guess we're committed to the, the focus groups loved it. What are we gonna not do this? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Basketball. But eventually they but eventually there's like a we, we we cut to a different basketball scene, right? Yeah, so so Whitey's trying to get later David, on. Davey to uh behave on the court. He explains the rules, all that stuff. And um basically uh, he... I was kind of into his his rule explanations i felt like i was watching slam but slam dunk again it was great <laughs> but with the voice <laughs> um but uh they they get challenged by some local toughs um and uh whitey gets <laughs> whitey gets brained and so now uh davy needs a new partner and he picks this you know ben the kid and they mm-hmm. make a bet against the local roughs that if they lose they got to eat that guy's jock strap and he's also a fat guy. Right. And these guys are not fat, but they are bulky in a way that isn't muscular. Uh, we need and they're real dumb. <laughs> How do we convey they're... to the audience that they're supposed to like Adam Sandler and not that, these other what, guys? That I, it, Well, they had to do a lot to get us there, right? <laughs> and this is the morality pet moment. This mm-hmm. is the part where Adam Sandler is a relatively sane and tame human being to be. Uh, ben not a person you want watching your kids but not a person where if you see in the wild you immediately have to leave with your kids 
Right, but like this kid is the only person who doesn't know how to, what a shitbag he became. Yeah, you give you like, give him a chance at a blank slate, and he'll surprise you. That's nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and he teaches the kids some moves. You know, he passes back and forth to give the runaround to these guys. He's still got the moves, um, but he also teaches him some trash talk and some taunting. And uh, you know, they win, but Jen hears it and she's not happy. I thought I thought that that scene was very cute. This, this was a good scene. Yeah, like it, it seems like this that make me kind of like wistful. Of like, you know, big brother kind of relationships. Not the relationship that we have, but like the like the organization. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the like, TV uh, show. No, no, not the TV show. <laughs> Are you like, sure? Uh, it's yeah, so, like the it's so weird. Where... The three things called Big Brother are like, <laughs> like dystopian, like oh yeah, nineteen eighty four reality show and after school program. <laughs> Yeah, the after-school program is the one that that that, that this makes me uh, think of. Mm-hmm. But it, it it's cute, and it tells us that we should like Adam Sandler at some point for some reason. So, cool. Yep. Uh, we get a scene of uh, Davy and Jen driving in their separate cars, reminiscing about the way things used to be. I like this. I think yep. this is good. Yep. I I like how young Adam Sandler looks. The way every Jewish fourteen-year-old boy uh, looks. Yeah. Yep. Tall, thin, afro. <laughs> yep. More or less. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah, um, I, I very much believe that they probably found a, a childhood photo of Adam Sandler and tried to try to you know make it up nice. Sure. Uh, it's and they they also intersperse the the clear winter scenes with a bunch of summer scenes from like twenty years ago where. The two of them are, like, remembering fond days of their youth wherein things were brighter. Emphasizing um, that it was the good days. V- very ham-handed metaphor, but there it is. Uh, they it also looks cut good, in, They also cut in with random one-liners from just random, like, townsfolk. And these were bad. Like, yeah, just, just, just I, have, have a song where there's an emotional moment where you don't have to make it weird and gross. They, they do that so many times, and it kills every song that it's in, and... I think by the end of the day, the end of the movie, I got desensitized to it, so it mm-hmm. didn't slow me down. Yeah, but I, you, yeah, they're really bad. Uh, can can you give me one from now? I have one from later to emphasize what it's like. But, I, don't, yeah. I don't remember one from now. I didn't write the them specifically down, but I'm sure one one will catch all. Yeah, well, we'll I'll I'll tell you when it comes up. Yeah, sure. Um, so Davey gets home and his trailer's been arsonized by the guy he forced to eat a jockstrap who is still eating the jockstrap. That 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 gave me a lot of questions. I did like the uh <laughs> That's an Animaniacs kind of like head head turn, like double take. I I did like the transition because Davey sa- sa- sings the mm-hmm. next line in like a couplet and it rhymes with fire. So he's like, and my trailer is on fire. Fire! And then it goes <laughs> out of the song. I thought yep. that was really fun. Yep. It's competently done. Um, but he, yeah, they he uh, runs in Whitey. to save the to save the letter. Like that's the only oh, yeah. possession he cares. Yeah, he about. dashes in. Uh, but yeah, yeah, you were saying. Uh, yeah, it, so he dashes in, saves the letter. Uh, Whitey comes out and says, "Well, be as mean to me as you want. I'm kind of your only out unless you feel like sleeping in the gutter." Uh, so he uh, he moves in with Whitey and uh, Eleanor. Yeah, and and they kind of say like, "Here are the rules. You live under our house. You gotta follow our rules." And he's like, "But you guys are so lame." And just, <laughs> you know, we get this good song. If you're coming from the street with dirty shoes on your feet, that's a technical foul. 
if you switch the radio to some modern music show, that's a technical foul. This this song is great. I love this. <laughs> it, it mostly we just carried by Adam Sandler's voice. Uh, voices. It's just him talking to himself in three different ways. It's great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like conversation between Zoidberg, Fry, and Farnsworth. Yeah, he has <laughs> That's a, all I want. He has a three-part polyphony with himself later. <laughs> that is so good. I was gonna ask you, like, if you if you like noted it, because like I feel like that's an operatic thing. <laughs> Think about the rewatch value. Like I don't know. I do that all the time with uh, polyphony, which I believe, based on the context of what you said, is the thing where people are singing different lyrics, kind of around each other. It's at it's the not same necessarily time. lyrics, but it's multiple melodies. It's it's better to say that these guys are just you know they each have their own line. Okay. Yes. That that is the way to put it. Um, yeah. I, imagine. I I tried to focus on the whitey stuff because I enjoyed the voice quite a bit, but yeah, sure. they actually... he just starts whistling after a while. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> yeah, they they actually do. Um, I think they they handle the uh, audio mixing pretty well. Where like the old the people who had already started singing, their voices fade out because they're saying the same thing, and you can you can still tune in your ears to yeah. try and focus on it, but you're mostly hearing the new one. It. it very competently done the people again yeah it's actually the, very impressive the people who had to physically build the movie were professionals and knew what they were doing this is a technically proficient movie yeah i mean trying to animate that specific mixture of ice and snow and poop like in that exact <laughs> yeah, ratio and get surely it right. you could have chosen any other no, any other scene in the movie because you look at him in that and you're like that's the right ratio and it's yeah it's that's layered <laughs> that's ice and poop yeah mr ice and poop I- <laughs> why don't you play with the ice and poop for a while <laughs> um, uh and it's also like they're they're doing the polyphony while they're like kind of rotating in a circle mm-hmm. and it tends to be the person who's in front is the loudest voice it, at the time. it's a stage play technique it's very nice it's so good yeah um, i'm yeah. glad that you noted that and were also impressed by it because i thought i was going to be the only one who was like oh damn this song is good in a bunch of ways and it's also, and also like it's just a, it's the funny song it's a nice character moment too where like Davy's like, oh, I can't deal with all these rules. And they're like, well, if you want to live here, you have to. And he's like, okay, but but hold on. Let me ask a few questions just so I don't accidentally do the wrong thing. And he just lists a bunch of gross stuff he wants to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they like go 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 and sit and he's down like, well, what if I give what if I give your sister who's diabetic something you know something sugary? And he's like, not only is that a technical foul, that no he, no he says not a technical foul, but it might be homicide. <laughs> yeah, it's good good stuff. Yeah, that's real good. Keep it. Um, and then we have a very short montage of them learning to appreciate each other. It's like three 10-second scenes. This is this is kind of the other side of uh, him being nice to Ben, where, where like... And the narrator chimes in here being like, yeah, Davey, like, for as much as he postures, you, you can't live alone yeah. all the time. You can't be an island. You need other people in your life. And this is... This is what he's got. So mm-hmm. he, um, he he actually is like fairly. It it comes it like happens too quick because the pace of the movie is the way it needs to be. Um, but I, I thought it softened the character sufficiently to get us to where we needed to go. Yeah, it's just you know, the 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 shortness of it really emphasizes just how much of the movie is him being the opposite of good. Sure, I do like. Um, you know, uh, Eleanor is like sweeping cobwebs and he like 
puts Whitey on his shoulders like he's giving him a, a, the 80-year-old man a piggyback who mm-hmm. in turn puts Eleanor on his, her, yeah. on his shoulders. So or how they're they... like this Jenga tower of, you know, osteoporosis madness. <laughs> or it's how he, they like prank Eleanor with the, you know... <laughs> with the can of beer nuts? Yeah, with the beer nuts that turn into snakes and then later they get him. Like that's a great reversal. The, oh, the gag is so good because they get him with that. He doesn't react, and then Whitey, like, again, it's ableist humor, but Whitey is the one who reacts with a seizure. Right, and yeah. Then, but the thing that sells it is that then both Eleanor and Dave, <laughs> David laugh at that. Right. <laughs> like, kind of a very all's well that ends well sort of laugh to the camera thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, we are at the skate park. Um, people are ice, ice skating. Uh, not skate park. Ice skating, like, uh, frozen over lake. Well, we get... uh, yeah, I, I like. I actually really like in uh, like the way this this arc paces that sort of this. this mm-hmm. It's kind of ham handed in there. We're giving him but, in, a, in like a, a, a family so that we can take it away with the other yes. threats that come up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There would be no stakes if he just went through more tragedy mm-hmm. at, when he when we already think that he's a shitbag. No, he started his redemption arc. And only by taking it away do we really understand how fucking wrong it was to have Jamie Lannister go back to the, uh, go back to the, go back to the Iron Throne at the end to save his sister because his character moved beyond that, and that's the point of a redemption arc. Um, what are we talking about? I, I think we were talking about the uh, celebrity Game of Thrones where Adam Sandler plays <laughs> the sister fucker, <laughs> and, but he's also the sister. It's a Jack and Jill. <laughs> Oh, it's just him with a wig? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Doing uh, a voice? Yep. Um, I'm with a sister. <laughs> my children are also me. <laughs> <laughs> it's so easy to do an Adam Sandler because you just look, you just do a like a whiny, petulant cadence. It's easy. I play golf, me. <laughs> um, so <laughs> we get a flashback to Davy's glory days when he was the MVP. Uh, he, you know, he won one for the team on the biggest championship night of the year, but then the cops inform him his parents are dead and he does a 180 personality. Uh, he lashes out, you know, that kind of thing. I, this, this scene drove me completely up the wall. <laughs> what, what part of it did it for you? Great flashback. Good context for character. We got that pathos now and we're mm-hmm. understanding a little bit more about why the way he acts that he is. And then we go out to the cock and balls woman and say, oh my God. <laughs> and it just completely shattering the tragedy of the moment, not letting us stay there for even a fucking second. <laughs> and then also like, you know, he, he then immediately like yells at everybody around him. He doesn't want to be reminded of his past, you know, all of that pathos that we're trying to build up, we're reminded that we don't like this guy. Um, at but 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 he's not wrong. Everybody is bringing up his trauma, and he's asking them to stop, and they fucking don't because <laughs> Eleanor wants to hear the end of it because she likes the story. It's awful. <laughs> I mean, to to also be fair to everyone else, like this is not the first time he's lashed out at them for other things. Like he's kind of guess... hard to read. If we're being yeah, honest. I guess it's like how it's like the boy who cried <laughs> Patrick's trauma, it, uh, parent homicide. Yeah. Um, at, at, at my generous, at my most generous, I could say like this is an interesting look at what we as a society owe to people who do everything in their power to make us not want to help them. Like 
the the audience watching this uh, at this point can either decide like Davy is pushing away all these people who have done nothing but good things for him, um, mm-hmm. and and therefore he deserves what happens to him, or we need to keep trying to bring other people into our community. Like I, the the movie doesn't really try to resolve that or even bring up that context, but but it that's kind of how I was looking at all of his responses to people. I, I can almost see the part where it's like, we're trying to get him to open up because we think it'd be good for him. He's he's an autonomous adult who has told you to drop it, though. Like, yeah, I, I think that there's... <laughs> there's just sort of... He's still a person. Mm-hmm. He's, he's still a person who is asking you not to bring up painful memories. I, I struggle to imagine the person for whom the context of how shitty they are overwrites their i don't know man like is it really necessary to like what's the i guess it depends what the purpose of bringing up the trauma is if it's in a therapist's office and you like signed in to go to the therapy thing sure the therapist gets to do that why he's just gossiping to his sister like there's Mm, nothing no that's fair i don't know this drove me insane like i yes davy is is a shitbird about it he he also asked them to not bring up painful memories. It's like I don't know, man. It's hard, it's hard for me to root for Whitey and and Eleanor here. I don't know. It, it I just kind of kept seeing him turn and lash out on people who were trying to help him. Maybe yeah, maybe they didn't know exactly how best to help him, but they're trying. Like I don't, I, I don't disagree with that either. I, I thought it was like a, a momentary lapse in knowing how to care for other yeah. people by that couple and it's it is kind of tragic because the scene wherein that happens is is a lot like the montage where like we're seeing him being kind of cute to them mm-hmm. we're seeing uh yeah like davy, they, they have you know, a rapport now yeah there's there's something familiar there where davy knows how to re- react to eleanor in not a churlish dismissive way yeah i, I don't know i think Maybe uh, maybe I'm being ungenerous. The way that the scene played out, it just really came out of nowhere to me, his response. Oh, yeah. No, I, I thought that it was like he they were clearly they were clearly knocking on the door huh. of the stuff that he does not want to. Di- I thought it was very clear. <laughs> I, any person with I mean, I guess that, that's a testament to. The character, the leprechaun mythos character <laughs> and cock and balls lady mashup that just they're that guileless that they can't figure mm. out that the alcoholic violent criminal <laughs> is asking them not to bring up painful memories of his past, which Whitey totally knows. Yeah, he doesn't need to bring it up around him. Like, <laughs> I, yeah. it, it's. It's a weird moment to me. I, I think I was b- more trained by the movie to not view anything Davy does as positive, as justified. By this point, even? yeah. <laughs> I thought it was kind of really just like uh, you, this was you like used one up of the all only your goodwill twenty years ago. Like, oh, I, I'm not saying. Yeah, it, it's kind of like the. At what point is a person enough of a shithead not to deserve to have their basic needs met? And like, mm. you know, I don't think that point ever exists. I think right. that. Uh, you know, a basic human dignity should exist for every person. Certainly, it is easier to forget that if the person has been more of a shitlord. <laughs> I agree. Um, so I, I get where you're coming from. I, I just thought it was kind of, it's at least insensitive. Yeah, 
Yeah, I can see that now. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It, it, it kind of drove me insane, but <laughs> I'm, I'm not willing. You know, Whitey's mostly a good egg. No. And egg-shaped. Uh, so Davy uh, gets drunk and breaks into the mall where he wants oh, yeah, to yell at Jennifer. Oh, yeah, he's been thrown out of the house because he, he, um, he told Whitey off in a really bombastic way where he's like, not only do I hate you, but no one in the town cares about you, and you're an idiot for thinking otherwise. That, that's the or kind some... of disproportionate thing that I mean is like, you know, yeah, they were overstepping their boundaries a bit and bringing up some harsh memories, but he's just like being vicious. Well, it does kind of underline how much he has kind of come to it, it's sort of the you can only hurt they they he hurts them in only a way that family can like like this is he has been a dick to everyone but it hasn't really been personal no it, it's always been just like random violence in any given direction but he's kind of let these people in they've let him in they're cohabiting and kind of forming a relationship and it's only because of that that he can hurt them to this degree. But that that's worse, though, right? Like, that's classic abusive behavior where it's like, as long as you're on my good side, I will treat you as a person. As soon as you do a small thing, I am right. I am justified in treating you terribly. I don't that's think that I he is a saint here. Don't get me wrong. Like, I think that they're... <laughs> I think that Whitey's insensitive and that Dave, David overreacted. Hmm. Um I don't, I don't think... Th this is the most reasonable moment that these people have interacted with each other in the movie, as far as I... Like, yes, this is the only time when they're people and not gremlins of one sort honestly, or another? Honestly, it does feel that way. Like, hmm. yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, uh, but yeah, you were saying the mall and the product placement and the Reeboks. Yeah, so... <laughs> how, how about that Reebok guy? He Okay, so he's drunk. He's drunk, so I was like, I need to go yell at Jennifer now, because she's part of this, too, somehow. The the narrator is like yeah mall. so so we're at the point where uh, he breaks into the mall to yell at a person who isn't even there <laughs> or something <laughs> it's very very dismissive and you know he's seeing all these um, brand characters come to life and hold an intervention for him like he's getting lectured by the Victoria's Secret dress and a big you know uh, do you know who uh, that was that was a uh, oh it's on the tip of my tongue who is that. That was Tyra Banks. That's what I thought, yeah. Yeah. Um, what? What is this? It's a... It's... What is this a style pastiche of? It's. It seems like something, right? It, this it seems is, like it was in... Like, it seems like it could have been portrayed in, like, a stage play like Chicago or something. This, this seems like it's from Brave Little Toaster. That, I mean, the appliances are, are pretty close to that, yeah. But the, the, the point of the song is they're trying to get him to cry and face his pain, which, like, just crying, like, at, like yes, crying can be a very cathartic and important thing. Can be. It, it hasn't been set up that way. They're just really trying to make him feel bad. Yeah, they, they really—I I actually loathe—I mean, like, this is the moment where he is the most person to me. Like, just coming off the fight what, that he had bottom? with his adoptive family. Oh, yeah. And now he's kind of at rock bottom, and he's, like... It... it it's, it's been a thing in my life recently, and, you know, for a number of years now, that I've kind of come to accept without really understanding fully. You cannot tell someone how to grieve. Mm -hmm. um, and that, I think that is what really rankled me about the Whitey telling 
the story scene, like trying to get David to grieve in some way. Um, at the same time, it is clear through the movie that he is numbing the pain rather than processing it. Like he, he sure. can't get past his trauma and he kind of needs to. And I, I saw the whole scene at, with the advertisements kind of telling him it's okay to cry. It's okay to feel this as him kind of finally starting to face it or or introspecting to the degree that he needs to to get to uncover that. that that's what it's supposed to be. The way that it is uh, portrayed is like them f- like forcing him to cry. Like it, it's it's not like, hey, you know, we are welcoming you. This is a safe space. It's like you got to do this because, you know, we, we're, we're 15 minutes out from the end of the movie. We got to wrap things up. Yeah, it, 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 it was not the. Uh, it was not the empathetic take. It was the like, come on, let's let's get it on, let's get it over. I, I would have almost preferred him talking to like a version of himself that grew up better, like that grew up with the parents. Yeah, like and- um, had a happy relationship with Jennifer and had a kid and all that, and like is talking to that guy. I don't know the talking to the yeah. self thing in media always works pretty good for me because I see myself doing that constantly. The game Celeste is about nothing but that, and I love that fucking game, mm-hmm. especially for its narrative and story. Yeah, so. you, you could have had him talking to his younger self and, like, telling his younger self, yeah, this is who I am, and then maybe, like, realizing that that's not sustainable. Um, what yeah, actually I, happens is he uh, opens the card from his parents that he got all those Hanukkahs ago where they sing to him and tell him that you're a good boy, don't ever change, never change, change is bad. Go back to where you were, Adam Sandler, permanent man child. <laughs> always be wacky, but don't be a dick. It uh, that fine line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it it left some things to be desired. Yeah, it's it's not the perfect catharsis moment. It is where it needs to be in the movie, but it is not handled great. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cops come to get him because he broke yep. into the mall. Yeah, that is and a he, crime. He just. He does this fancy little reversal, like, CIA maneuver where he takes the handcuffs and cuffs them together and then tries to get out of town. Yeah, why is he, like, like, how is this man who's been drinking himself into a stupor for a decade the top athlete in the town and... He's gone full Neo at Krav this point. Krav Maga. Like, like. This is, yeah, this is, the, this is like, the, the, the Neo paradigm wherein you reach a level of emotional maturity and catharsis that you ascend into a higher being. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, power friendship. It, it's... It's it's the it's it's the uh, it's it's the 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 parable of of Goku. It's the Goku parable. Except it's not because he he hasn't had that like he hasn't reached self actualization. He's running away on a bus to New York. Well, okay, baby steps. Uh, <laughs> He's he getting did cry there. a little. That was good. Yeah, twenty percent of the way, you get eighty percent. Got bullied of the by his subconscious into cry. Like I like that. His version of introspection is him bullying himself to feel something. Like, because that's the only way his subconscious knows how to make people do things is with aggression. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, so this this all sets up uh, the, like, final big scene, which is the banquet, where they're going to award the patch for the best human award Best thing. human in town. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... What do you think of this bank? What do you think of the mayor's joke? First off, um, it it this isn't this isn't like so knock knock jokes are 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 fine fare for a event like this. It can't be too racy. It's got to be something everyone kind of intuitively understands. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so that the kids will get it because it's you know a family affair. Doncha is not a first person as a person's first name. Mm. I thought it was so, orange, like orange you glad or something. Well, it's a knock knock joke. You say who's there? Doncha. <laughs> That's not what is it? They're doing, they're doing the Midwestern thing. No, the the I don't mean the joke itself. What I mean is oh. this dumb joke is somehow so good that everybody oh, yeah. laughs. Everyone themselves. convulses into Adam Sandler spastic routines. Yeah, yeah. And the deer are shitting themselves on the lawn. That that is amazing. It's like <laughs> Castle Crashers for a moment. <laughs> um so um, yeah, they're 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 you know, Whitey is like, oh, and there's wanna... there's one guy in the middle who's doing the Russian uh, kick out your legs dance what thing. The hell is this guy? The, the one like he's clearly the most Jewish guy there. Guys, uh, listen, this might be the only time I do an animated movie, and I still had jokes that I couldn't get to, but I didn't really know how to work a Russian dance no, it's the, into it's the, like, Jewish the comedy routine. Can we just put to be. a guy in there to do it? I yes, Adam Sandler. Anything you want. Anything for you, baby boy. Never change. <laughs> well, do no, it's dance. like, this can only be done in animation because my knees hurt. I can't do this hey, anymore. Hey, 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 It's very... I, I, I enjoyed it without understanding its significance. Uh, I didn't enjoy it without understanding its significance. <laughs> and there's more yet to come. But uh, Whitey's excited at the prospect of winning. Um, Davey joins the scene. He was going to get on the bus to New York. Uh, the bus... <laughs> I love this. <laughs> oh, did you? The yeah. Bus, the bus uh, gets a flat, and the driver's like, oh, we drove over a thumbtack. It's wild. Damnedest thing. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Damnedest thing. It broke. It, it, a single thumbtack broke all my all my eight rear tires. <laughs> and Dave, Davey just, like, looks out the, the, the side of the bus and, like, looks up, and he's like, okay, okay, I get it. <laughs> Which is a very cute meta, like a very cute joke about like the meaning of Hanukkah barely making it into the movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thimble of oil, eight nights. I got it. We're of, cool. Of, you know, of this parable of Jewish pro- persecution and adapting to the way and the history and the fighting back and all that stuff. The ratio of one to eight is the thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's the point. <laughs> that's the thing that needs to be emphasized. I think that's amazing. I think that's so funny. Not because it's told like a good joke, but just the idea that he's meta-commenting like, okay, okay, we get it. It's a Hanukkah thing. I mean, a lot of the stuff in this movie is like, okay, what's the laziest thing that could happen? But this is him explicitly thinking, what's the laziest joke I could make right here? It's so funny to me. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. And it leads into a really good joke in a second because mm-hmm. Davey goes back um, while the guy tries to fix the bus, he's like, "Okay, there's one thing I got to do before I leave." And he goes to the the, the town center where they're having the the, the banquet, you yeah, know, the having the banquet. Uh, but the cops are chasing him. He uh, he's he the deer are out back for whatever reason, kind of watching the <laughs> banquet incognito, and he ingratiates himself with them, and they hide him when the cop looks around the corner. Uh, <laughs> they the way a... they hide him, he doesn't crouch down at all. No, he's the, still just the... at the window. <laughs> yeah, there he's still at the window, just kind of looking. Uh, and the deer are all in front of him, acting as cover by standing in a huge, like a deer pyramid. <laughs> and the cop's like, nothing here, just deer in a human yeah, pyramid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just oh, like, kind of weird. See anything back there? Nah, it's just a bunch of deer in a py- doing a pyramid. <laughs> okay, <laughs> <laughs> it just like walks and leaves. 
listeners, just get something for your Insta. Jesus, we, we're joking about a lot of really funny stuff in here. The humor density of this movie is actually very low. <laughs> yes, these are exceptionally good jokes that I wanted to point out because they made me laugh. Everything else is a version of like shit humor or <laughs> making fun of the differently abled. Like, there's really those are easily eighty five percent of the jokes. Yeah, without without trying. Yeah. Um, Adam Sandler in any entity he's in really only has like about five minutes of good humor, no matter how long the entity lasts. Yeah, having him in not an SNL celebrity Jeopardy routine is a weird choice. Like that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. They um, shouldn't have played him out of his do an Adam Sandler animated series at some point. Like that. He's, he's the dad in Hotel Transylvania, and apparently right. he's really good surprising because he didn't write it um so ah, that would, that, there it is the the mayor does not give the award to whitey and davy causes a scene on his behalf in a move so predictable i wrote this sentence before it happened before we get there the person that he gives oh, the award to this john lovitz guy this is john lovitz as his character in the critic, he's, as far as I could tell, like it's it's there's like only one, one way to draw John Lovitz is the thing. <laughs> I I saw it and I was like, oh shit! I I remember this guy from The Simpsons. This mm-hmm. is the guy who he's the Oscar Mayer Wiener guy. Yeah, the, and you're the man who couldn't decide if it was a pimple or a boil. It was a gummy bear. <laughs> yeah, it's like when he started talking and he, and he talked in that way that John Lovitz just tends to do. Um, I actually a pretty good impression of it's him. It's not bad. Uh, yeah, not too bad. And, uh, <laughs> uh, but th- but this version of him has a hook for a hand. That's a that's a that's a decision. Uh, <laughs> that is a choice that was made. Yeah. And <laughs> this is the point where like they have that song, right? Did Did you want to say it? I, I guess you can do it. You You said they the Davey had a line yeah. that was so predictable that you wrote it down ahead of time. Oh, just just like the, I I knew. Whitey wasn't going to get the award. I knew Davey was going to cause a scene. Uh, yeah, I, I wasn't predicting that, like, um, you know, Jennifer was going to, to also rise to his defense. But um, Davey breaks into a song. It starts off with a lot of recitative. He's, he's just basically summarizing the movie and everything that's happened. Everyone in this room has been associated with Whitey either through basketball or the mall or various odd jobs he does around town for free or at most a dollar. And I'm guessing 99% of you have either laughed in Whitey's face or ruthlessly made fun of his feet or voice or sister or shortness when he was in But the next time you'd see him, he'd still go out of his way to smile and wave at you and ask you about your mother's operation or something like that because he, unlike us, actually cares about someone other than himself. The reason I bring this up to you is because I was the worst offender of And then everybody else joins in in appreciating Whitey and the town breaks into that Jewish dance that I should really know the name of. <laughs> With the hands S- up in the goalposts, yeah. Yeah, they're doing like the they're doing um the, the, like the front lunges, you know, like you do for exercising. Yeah, yeah. Listener, we're Jewish. Um, like I don't know if we actually have explicitly stated that, but if you were uncomfortable, like just know that. that that's that's why I feel okay not looking this shit up because like I I feel like I have like uh I have the I have the capacity not to do that. Mm-hmm. If this was like some sort of Kwanzaa movie, you better believe I'd be checking my sources. <laughs> 
Ooh, can um, we check to see if? Never mind. Nope, nope, we're not doing that. Um, yeah, Bumbiddy is the is the <sighs> name of the song, and and it's, you know, our our childhood had us going to a temple for a lot of it, mm-hmm. and this never happened. But things like this happened. It, it, the the melody is similar to many events that I know that I've been to without being able to define specifics, you know? Sure. Like, it's, just, it's an element that... This is, again, one of those um, Adam Sandler's childhood kind of insisting itself upon the movie thing that felt very true to me. The other thing is when the mayor says, Merry Christmas, everyone, and everyone kind of, Merry Christmas, and to our Jewish friends, Happy Hanukkah. And it's just a single table in the town <laughs> going, Happy Hanukkah. <laughs> and everybody laughs. Uh, I thought that that was very, very cute and well-observed. Yeah. Yep. Um, so the town's on Whitey's side, but he has left. He has uh, left in a depressive huff, and he goes to pray at the mall. Before we get there, just because I had mentioned earlier the thing where they uh, break up the song that is serious with a dumb one-off joke to some maverick in town being a weirdo um this is where uh they're they're all like talking about whitey and how terrible davy was to him and then he does this very dramatic i wonder if that guy with a hook for a hand ever has to wipe his ass and makes the mistake or some, something like yeah something yeah to that effect. The wrong and, hand. yeah and it's like yes um and that's that's the extent of the tail end of a stanza in this the climactic oh shit <laughs> we're bad people kind of song yeah, which is they, just they can't have a song that's just a song there's got to be quips in there i'm reminded of the i'm reminded of the Patton oswalt uh owning a heckler oh uh, yeah, yeah thing where just like i love the guy who in the audience who's too scared that there hasn't been jokes in a minute <laughs> and, and just like ah! <laughs> just screams because he's, he's he's so afraid of silence or any kind of sincerity Oh, it, it, that's a great uh, recording. Oh, it's very good. Uh, but yeah, Whitey prays at the mall. This is his This is his safe place. This is a holy place. His money's as good as anybody else's here. I think that's very cute. It's interesting. Like, the, like that's, that's his place of comfort, which is, I think, kind of a small town thing. Like, the mall is the metropolis hub in a small town, you know? Yeah, I could see that. Um, but yeah, the town shows up in appreciation, and uh, not only do they award him the patch for Human of the Year, all the previous patch winners give them his. You know, give him theirs. Yeah. How how did you feel about the entire kind of round? And that the movie unceremoniously ends with Davy getting a new wife. Um, yeah, so. Eleanor, Eleanor demands that Davy and Jen hook up. Puts the hands together, and they're like, "Okay, cool." Yeah, you 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 don't get Whatever to decide. You, want, you you have thirty five badges of the town. You you overruled us. Like we we have no power here. <laughs> yeah, I mean you don't get to decide who you fall in love with. Adam Sandler tells Adam Sandler who you fall in love with. <laughs> <laughs> he has a very aggressive internal monologue wherein he bullies himself into, into professing love for someone. <laughs> um, and yeah, then the the movie ends with Whitey saying, "This is the happiest seizure of my life." Again, we've said it a bunch of times. This movie doesn't quite understand comedy. Um, I, I I got so tired of the I, I it, you get used to you get like inured to it. You do. I and it wasn't a thing that wasn't this prominent in the past. Like this was just, this was definitely in the water for like 
most of the 90s. Mm-hmm. Like, ableism was just, uh, like, nuns for the previous generation. Like, it's just, like, that's 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 fair game. Yep. Yep. Uh, they, they, had a, they had a trans jokes in there somewhere. Yep. Uh, they had the woman with three boobs. That, that was uh, about four or five different jokes and different points. Uh, they had the racist Asian. Like, just every kind of shitty stand-up comedy routine. Yeah, it's, it's mean and it's lazy and it's baffling. In that order. It's baffling that a, a person who has made so much money doing comedy can't tell the difference between different types of humor yeah lowest common denominator is a phrase for a reason the degree to which you have to try not to grow as a person is baffling i mean he's got a brand you know like i mean it's It's true and he tried uh you know i guess the industry probably taught him not to try because he later tried to become a serious actor and i think there was like mild rejection to that I I, i think he had to hit the rock bottom of jack and jill first okay i don't know if um <clears throat> there was a uh, episode of survivor in a season of survivor was there now where the reward for a challenge was going to the movies uh and you get to relax and eat some snacks and all that stuff and watch jack and jill and then you have to shill for the movie jack and jill no. on cbs on survivor saying like, oh yeah good. it was a great That's, film that is like a that is like um, a Russian nesting doll of metaphor for the United States' um, <laughs> relationship to both other cultures and its consumers. Uh, it, it was the least dignified thing to come out of a show where they separated tribes by race. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true and we don't talk about it. Yeah, so that's, uh, that's the movie Eight Crazy Nights. I want to ask you about um, Whitey's motivation because we didn't talk about it earlier. I thought that it was important to just not get too hung up. Mm-hmm. He's really fixated on getting uh, acclaim or, or recognition for his good works in town. Mm-hmm. That seems like a decidedly non-Jewish thing to do. Whitey's not Jewish. But the movie kind of has that as its backbone. Oh, like getting appreciation is a is a climax. It's a finale. So, well, I mean, I remember a, a number of parables that I heard growing up being like, it doesn't matter that you get thanked for the like the the virtue should be its own reward. Sure. Like I've heard that m- enough times. I think that's enough of a concept in pop culture. Uh, in general, that I was kind of surprised that our pristine leprechaun Whitey uh, was so focused on what I would consider uh, narcissistic, I guess. It's kind of like how there are two different Christmases, like there's religious Christmas and then there's American consumerist Christmas. Cultural Christmas, yeah. Yeah, and, and this is, you know, Whitey getting appreciated, like... Yeah, the the like <clears throat> selfless uh, doing the right thing just because it's the right thing is one thing, but then also, you know, the the emotional catharsis of seeing somebody who's done the right thing get that paid off, um, you know, it's it's it works. It's it, it it tracks as a holiday movie trope, even if it's not supposed to be for this one. The difficulty I have with it is it's not a character motivation that felt believable to me because. It would be, he is kind of set up as the messianic 
this is the best person to mm. everyone. Like he he's shown in a bunch of different flashbacks just being a generally good dude. Yeah, yeah. If people. God's so great, why does he need prayer? It's kind of a Job thing, right? Um, and not everything's a Job thing. Very few of the things you say are Job things are Job no, things. No, 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 no. He 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 went to that one. The, the 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 one the people wanted to watch football, so they made him stand on top of a TV and him you know suffering, uh, and them laughing at him for it. Um, it, it, it just it doesn't seem like recognition was ever a motivation of his unless it was like a really deep-seated one that he didn't even realize himself and that's too complex for a character that looks and acts like this so no, it, it just felt weird to me that he had something that i would consider a selfish motivation no i th- I, th- I don't think it's selfish to want appreciation for the good things you've done like it shouldn't be your first motivation but clearly it wasn't for him yeah, I guess that's fair. I, I think it was just because he was set up as so virtuous in kind of the rest of the movie that it surprised me. But he, I think he meh. needed a goal to reach for that he needed someone else's help for, so that we could see Davy as the hero at the end. I think I think that that's it. I, like it, it fulfills the narrative structure as it needs to, which still barely holds together. But that's yeah. kind of besides the point. It's just in, on a character perspective, it felt weird to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, but, uh, I, I can yeah. see that. Yeah, anyway. Uh, minor nit to pick on something that was mostly nits, so don't get too hung up on that. Instead, get hung up on the ableist humor. And, um... I don't know, man. Just watch Celebrity Jeopardy. Yeah, it's, <laughs> Sandler it's pretty it. good. That, that's kind of weird. I don't know, Zane. Do you have a favorite Adam Sandler movie to date? Um, oh, God. I I, I, guess I would I have to default to Nikki. the wedding singer because think, it's just like the most distilled. I guess wedding singer is a lot slower than you might remember, um, but it does. Yeah. It, it is the most like this is a movie that somebody could watch and enjoy. Yeah, um, it's it's low stakes as far as Adam Sandler goes. I, like I you, I you go can't with... walk into a Happy Gilmore with not knowing you're going to be Adam Sandlering for a bit. I, I haven't seen it in a while, so I don't know if it's like. Ugh. But uh, probably a little Nikki. I, I just I just love like hell as people. Hell as people is good. I think I would rather just um, I would rather just watch uh, shit. What was I thinking? Lucifer on Netflix. I think I I watched most of that, and I was like, what if, what if he's just kind of a suave dude walking around mm-hmm. uh, instead I think of Adam Litton Sandler doing the <laughs> doing a voice, doing doing a weird speech impediment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think Little Nicky holds up horribly. I, I haven't seen it in a while, so I don't doubt it. Yeah. Anyway, I, I could come up with a whole ranking system, uh, but rest assured, this is this one's near the bottom. Yeah, it's pretty pretty terrible. Uh, yeah. Is there anything you liked about it? Like I said, there were some really good, like specific moments, um, because Adam Sandler's a wacky guy and. There's a, there's a place for that. When you have a shotgun approach to comedy, some of those shots are going to end in the in the bullseye. Yeah. The technical aspects were surprisingly good considering the movie, like the writing was like the, like as it was. The way you can see the influence from the Iron Giant, the way that like drunk Davy slumps around like the way that cop like had diarrhea all over <laughs> in the Iron yeah, Giant. There, there's a slowness to Walking the animation ragged. that... Uh, that works for a depressive drunk. Sure. Uh, That's a technical foul. I think is kind of a great song. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fine song. We- 
weirdly weirdly weird to say but there it is you put that into any odd couple i get it i like the very uh obvious allusion to yeah we're in a hanukkah movie we get it (laughs) i think that's i think that's a great meta joke Mm mm-hmm I love uh, I, I like the like the shamelessness of the product placement. I think it's very funny where it's just like, oh, that's a Game Boy Advance. Oh, <laughs> that was pretty good. Oh, geez, this is this is specifically Panda Express. <laughs> yes, P and E, which is just like, why? <laughs> there's there's good things stuck in this bad movie, uh, mm-hmm. but we told you all of them, so you do not need to watch it. Uh, yeah, like but... like a crayon stuck in your fruitcake. <laughs> that's a that's a fascinating way to put it uh and one that i don't disagree with inherently <laughs> uh but the thing you are required to watch by law by jungle law zane what are they what are they watching next time uh the life and adventures of santa claus we're getting a it's not quite spiritual christmas movie but definitely mythological christmas movie i have a graphic novel wherein santa claus is some sort of like beast hunting cryptid and the presents are sort of an afterthought interesting yeah I don't, uh, is I, it like that it's not like that in style but it is like that if you just you know took that plot description out of context cool well he, I, believe uh, he I don't know what that's about beasts. but i i guess we'll find out yeah yeah and ben how about after that after that, I think what we're going to do to round out our holiday animation appreciation uh, suite, we're going to have kind of the same thing that we did for the Mario Brothers uh, feature, where we're going to watch a couple of different uh, episodes from cartoons that we either remember or are highly memorable in, you know, uh, in, uh, in, in media at large mm-hmm. that have to do with uh, the holidays. So we're going to be watching um charlie brown thank thank god you're a pumpkin on thanksgiving charlie brown whatever that's called thank god for you mr mr brown what what is it called saying it's the great pumpkin i actually don't know (laughs) no you're you're a great thanksgiving charlie brown that's what it keeps on turning into in my mind charlie brown Thanks. You're a dead man, Charlie Brown. Okay, it's just a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. That's all it's called. Okay, okay cool. <laughs> and that's going to be uh, kind of that... our, our focus because neither of us have really seen it in a long time and we haven't looked at Charlie Brown before. And I don't yeah. expect us to do so again. Probably not. I, mean, like, uh, I am definitely do... going to look for a shot of Snoopy on the back of a triangle doghouse. And we could have done like Charlie Brown, Christmas, Thanksgiving, Halloween, but like it's all going to be the same. It's going to be the same thing, probably. So what are the other things we're taking a look at? The other two things that we're going to take a look at, at least, we might come up with more mm, because yeah. our format is amorphous. Uh, the other two things we're going to take a look at are, as I alluded to, the Rugrats Hanukkah special, mm-hmm. which I remember strangely fondly. Yeah. Uh, and we might do a more deep dive on Rugrats later. Uh, but I did def- definitely did want to get a little bit of that in there and then we're gonna watch the um the i think there are two separate xmas episodes of futurama Mm -hmm. so i'll be watching both of those and we will definitely be uh we will you know what else we could do we could do the the spongebob christmas episode oh i don't remember that oh is that the one where they're stuck in the mall 
No, that's the one where SpongeBob goes. Oh, you're gonna have to narrow it down. We'll 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 take a look, but at least those first three. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, for the purposes of editing, we're gonna be watching uh, Charlie Brown. Thank God for you, Mr. Brown, <laughs> uh, on Thanksgiving. Uh, and then uh, then uh, the Futurama and a Rugrat. Yep, good stuff. Special. Very special. Holiday. Have a happy holidays. Yeah, at some point. In this February. <laughs> yeah, this this Febtober. So uh, if you... Thank you for listening. Uh, if you'd like to support us in spirit, go ahead uh, and burn a prayer for Charlie Brown. Where am I? Burn one prayer. Uh, one yeah, like equals know. one prayer. Yeah, there. For Charlie Brown. Schroeder is the devil. Ooh, uh, can't wait for that. Yeah, that, that's my new conspiracy theory. Always in the back playing playing a piano for us to dance to. Uh, you Trying can go to, to our Facebook page. Jazz. You can go to our website at car- fancybat.com slash cartoncast. There's a contact page there. Um, if you have anything to say, please go there and leave us a message. You can go to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating or review. We would really appreciate it. And it validates our existence. And more than anything else, please tell your friends about the show. And I'm realizing we didn't mention this. Um, at the end of the movie, uh, we get uh, him singing one of the, his Hanukkah songs, which, as I mentioned, you know, over over the credits, as I mentioned, it's just him listing people who are Jewish. And apparently he, like, kind of runs out because he starts saying, like, this person's one quarter Jewish. That's <laughs> or like really I'm weird. not actually sure, but they seem it, don't they? It It does have the feeling of that was one of the first songs that he wrote before he had the kind of name recognition where he had to vet his songs mm-hmm. ahead of time. And he was, I feel like that got grandfathered in from his less uh, lofty days. Yeah, where, where everybody's demanding that he sings it because that's the first thing they heard when they became yep. a fan. Yep, yep, yep. It's like if Weird Al did an EDM cover of My Bologna or something. Yeah, that, that <laughs> is kind of, yeah. No, you got to do it the original way with the with the $10 microphone on uh, in, in, in the back of your... Yeah, in, tapping on in a your garage. The acoustics needs to be shitty because that's uh, that's Cause the I, you know, analog that, that I remember. Yeah, that that's when I was a child, and I am still a child, and you, Adam Sandler, are still a child, and especially Rob Schneider. Mazel tov. Mazel tov. Happy Hanukkah. Who is Rob Schneider in this one? Because he's always somewhere around there. Uh, he was the racist Asian caricature. Oh yeah, he was the Schneids. Oh, he he got a bad case of the Schneids. <laughs> oh um i don't remember what it where i it must have been our my, my friend at some point there was like that that song makes me want to do the robot dance oh. and then wait starts doing the domo where you got to thing i don't know where that's fr- did that get referenced anywhere in pop culture other than that is it possible that something referenced eight crazy nights that wasn't also eight crazy nights do you have any idea? I don't know that from anywhere but this, and I don't know why it was in this. I I, I didn't dislike it. That was the kind of wacky, zany bullshit that was palatable to me because it wasn't making fun of a fat and or disabled person. I I think I think you got your bar lowered a little bit too far. I don't think it was a good joke anyway. <laughs> I think it was just the delivery. There there of, are bad uh, jokes that aren't hateful. Like you can still I I understand. Fail humor. I think. Yeah, I guess my metric was pretty. I, I just like that voice a lot. <laughs> well, I'm glad you you and the yeah. you and the focus groups would have gotten along great. 
I'm just easy. I don't know, man. It's it's weird to find a movie where I'm the easygoing one, so I'm I'm basking in it. Tonight is the seventh night of Hanukkah, and here to sing a Hanukkah song is Adam Sandler. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks very much. Um, well, uh, when, when I was a kid, uh, th th this time of year always, always made me feel a little left out because uh, uh, in school there were so many Christmas songs, and all us Jewish kids had was the song "Dreidel, Dreidel, Dreidel," and uh, so uh, I wrote a brand new Hanukkah song for you Jewish kids to sing, and I hope you like it. <clears throat> Put on your yarmulke, here comes Hanukkah. So much funnukkah to celebrate Hanukkah. Hanukkah is the festival of lights. Instead of one day of presents, we have eight crazy nights. <laughs> but when you feel like the only kid in town without a Christmas tree, here's a list of people who are Jewish. Just like you and me. <laughs> David Lee Roth lights the menorah. So do Kirk Douglas, James Kahn, and the late Dinah Shora. Guess who eats together at the Carnegie Deli? Bowser from Shanana and Arthur Fonzarelli.